Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, there, there are many ways you can switch on and off genes. Um, for example, through a healthy lifestyle, that has a big impact on the epigenome. So if you exercise a lot, you change the epigenome. So you switch on genes that repair your cells, that protect your cells um, with healthy food. Uh, so a lot of people say food is healthy because it contains antioxidants. That's a big, uh, let's say, over oversimplification. Uh, so food is healthy because of many other reasons than antioxidants. In fact, we see that many antioxidants can actually uh, accelerate aging. So that's perhaps something else we can discuss later on. But uh, foods are also healthy, for example, through their epigenetic effects. So uh, healthy foods, foods contain specific substances that can switch on or switch off specific genes. Hi, my name is Pete McCall. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. That voice you heard in the beginning is the guest for this episode, Dr. Chris Verberg. Now, Dr. Verberg, as you can tell, has a slightly different accent. He is from Belgium, so he has a kind of a Dutch, German, very, very interesting accent. And what he has to say is extremely important. Dr. Verberg is the author of The Longevity Code. For those of you that listen to All About Fitness regularly, you may remember a few months ago, I read a column from the Washington Post. I read an article from the Washington Post about aging and longevity. Well, Dr. Verberg was one of the experts interviewed for that, for that article, and I had reached out to him, and well, this is the interview. Dr. Verberg is an expert in something called nutrigerontology, which is how nutrition affects the aging process. He researches the science of longevity, and you're going to be amazed at what he has to say about what we can do to extend the lifespan and the potential that we may have for extending overall longevity. This is a really a fascinating conversation about an even more fascinating topic. As you know, my recent book, Ageless Intensity, High Intensity Workouts, and So the Aging Process, came out, and, and I try to specialize in how exercise can slow the aging process. So to speak with an expert like Dr. Verberg and really 
understand at a much deeper level was extremely interesting. And I know you're going to join this, enjoy this interview. So let's get started with Dr. Chris Verberg, the author of The Longevity Code. Today on All About Fitness, we're speaking with Dr. Chris Verberg. Verberg. I'm not going to get that pronunciation right, doctor. It's, it's, that hard, it's that hard Dutch accent. Who's the author of The Longevity Code? How are you doing today, doctor? Doing great. Thank you. I hope well, you and I'm going to jump right into it because I want to ask the question, why do we age? What, what is it that causes the process of aging in the human body? Yeah, well, it's a great question. Uh, that's my passion. I've been studying aging uh, since I was very, very young. Um, so why do we age? Um, previously, it was thought that we mainly aged because of DNA damage, you know, uh, oxidative damage. Uh, free radicals uh, are these particles that damage your DNA through oxidation or they damage your proteins or, or cells in general. Um, but we see that now in the last 10 years, we learn more about aging than in the thousand years before. Uh, so we have seen a huge uh, uh, increase in our understanding of the aging process. There's still a lot we need to further uh, solve uh, and dive into, but uh, we have learned a lot about aging in the last uh, few years or 10 years. So why do we age? Well, um, it's not just DNA damage or oxidative damage. There are specific aging mechanisms. They are called the hallmarks of aging. A few years ago, there was a paper also uh, about that uh, called the hallmarks of aging, and it uh, delineated uh, or described nine mechanisms of aging. Um, so one important mechanism why we age is epigenetic dysregulation. So the epigenome is in fact uh, the complicated molecular machinery that determines which genes are switched on or off. So, uh, and this process, it goes already when we get older and older. So as the decades pass, specific genes are switched off that should be switched on, uh, like uh, housekeeping genes um, and repair genes, and uh, other genes that, uh, that are not good, like uh, oncogenes uh, that increase your uh, risk of cancer, they are switched on, for example. Uh, so this epigenetic dysregulation, so genes that are switched off that should be switched on and vice versa, is an important reason why we age. And in the last few years, we even have seen studies in which aging is reversed, so in which old animals are made young again um, through uh, this epigenetic reprogramming. So you reset the epigenome a little bit, reprogram it, and these old organisms that have gray fur and bald uh, spots uh, like old mice, uh, they, uh, they have osteoporotic backs and they have muscle atrophy and so on. Through epigenetic dis uh, reprogramming, these old mice look young again. So it's quite spectacular. And um, that's also a big paradigm shift, by the way, in the aging research, that it's not only about slowing down aging, but actually partially uh, reversing the aging process. So making old organisms younger again. So epigenetic regulation is one important reason why we age. There are many other reasons, like uh, accumulation of proteins. So inside and out our, uh, outside our cells, you have proteins that accumulate and they suffocate the cells or uh, hinder their fun proper functioning. Uh, and there are many aging-related diseases in which protein accumulation plays a role, by the way. Uh, case in point is Alzheimer's disease, um, where we have this accumulation of proteins inside the brain cells, outside the brain cells, and these brain cells, they get suffocated by the protein junk that accumulates. So that's a that's, uh, second reason why we age. Uh, of course, you have mitochondrial dysfunction. So these are uh, the mitochondria are the energy plants, the power plants of our cells. And when we get older, these, these mitochondria, these power plants, they wear down. And uh, that also uh, plays a role in aging. 
Uh, you have also DNA damage, uh, telomere shortening, uh, which is mainly important in false dividing tissues. Um, and so these are a few important reasons why we age. And uh, the hallmarks of aging paper spoke about or, or mentioned nine reasons why we age. Uh, I mentioned a few of them, but uh, they, they left out some other reasons why we age, like uh, cross-linking. So these are uh, connections between proteins that make up our tissues. So, for example, in the skin, uh, the collagen proteins, they get cross-linked. So there are uh, cross-links created between different collagen proteins, and that makes this, the tissue more stiff because everything is glued together. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, for example, by sugar. Uh, sugar forms sugar cross-links between these proteins. And that's also a reason why our tissues become more stiff, less flexible, more wrinkly. Uh, if you have a lot of cross-linking in the blood vessel walls, that also contributes to stiffer blood vessels and so on. Uh, also, transcriptomic changes and, and so on, uh, changes in splicing, etc. So we there are many reasons why we age. But very interestingly, and I already alluded uh, before to that, um, it's possible to target a lot of these aging mechanisms simultaneously, for example, through epigenetic reprogramming. So if you uh, upregulate specific proteins in the cells that reprogram the epigenome, you undo a lot of other aging damage. You uh, improve mitochondrial dysfunction, you uh, rewind the protein accumulation, you also repair the DNA. All these things happen simultaneously, for example, through epigenetic reprogramming. Um, so this is perhaps one reason why some scientists believe that epigenetic dysregulation is the most important reason why we age. But uh, yeah, the jury is still out there. So we are uh, reveling more and more uh, aging processes and and learning more about the ones we discovered. Yeah, that, it's amazing how it's not just one process about how it's accumulation of a no, number of things. And I think that that's why it's so important to pay attention to all kinds of lifestyle factors. Now, the one thing that pops up, doctor, how easy is it to switch a gene on and off? I mean, it's not like just switching a light switch when you walk into the room and you flip it from the off to the on. What's involved? I mean, because it, it's, that sounds fascinating to, to think that we could go in and manipulate our genes right now to reverse to reverse the aging process. So what exactly is involved with that switching a gene on or, or changing the activation of genes? Yeah, there, there are many ways you can switch on and off genes. Um, for example, through healthy lifestyle, that has a big impact on the epigenome. So if you exercise a lot, you change the epigenome. So you switch on genes that repair your cells, that protect your cells. Um, with healthy food, uh, so a lot of people say food is healthy because it contains antioxidants. That's a big, uh, let's say, over oversimplification. Uh, so food is healthy because of many other reasons than antioxidants. In fact, we see that many antioxidants can actually uh, accelerate aging. So that's perhaps something else we can discuss later on. But uh, foods are also healthy, for example, through their epigenetic effects. So uh, healthy foods, foods contain specific substances that can sw switch on or switch off specific genes. Uh, a classic uh, case in point are, uh, for example, zinc. Uh, healthy food contains zinc, which uh, impacts the epigenome. It contains B vitamins. Uh, these are very important for methylation of the epigenome. So uh, methylation means putting small molecules uh, called methyl groups on, on the DNA. And if you cover large stretches of DNA with methyl groups, and we call this methylation, then you switch off the gene uh, because it, the DNA is covered with methyl groups and, and the gene cannot be uh, transcribed in, into uh, RNA and, and translated into protein. So um, in that regard, uh, also, yeah, 
specific a lot of substances in healthy food like alpha ketoglutarate, uh, malate, um, uh, low dose lithium. Um, that's more found in, in specific drink in drinking water sometimes. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, so all all these substances in foods uh, can impact the uh, the epigenome and the activity of genes, and vice versa. If you eat a lot of unhealthy food, you eat, uh, you eat a lot of fast food or unhealthy fats or uh, large amounts of uh, of unhealthy animal protein uh, that that is uh, that's overcooked and and, and so on. So uh, anyway. That way you can uh, impact the epigenome and you uh, yeah switch uh, you switch off uh, cell protective genes for example. So there are many ways to do that. You can also impact the epigenome through biotechnology. Yeah? So you have food that impacts the epigenome, uh, supplements that can impact the epigenome like B vitamins, uh, alpha ketoglutarate, uh, lithium, and uh, like I mentioned, uh, substances you also often find in food, but you can also take supplements for that. Um, and thirdly, of biotech, uh, uh, there are all kinds of novel um, biotechnology companies looking into these epigenetic switches to reverse aging. And we have seen great studies in the last few years. Um, one way to do this is through Yamanaka factors. So Yamanaka factors are uh, specific proteins that if you uh, upregulate them uh, or increase their uh, amount in cells of these Yamanaka factors in a cyclical way, so for a few days there are a lot of Yamanaka factors in the cell and for five days there are any, uh, no any Yamanaka factors, so you do it in a cyclical way, you can rejuvenate organisms. Uh, so they have done this, for example, in mice, these were old mice, you cyclically uh, upregulate or activate these Yamanaka factors in these cells. These Yamanaka factors will epigenetically reprogram cells and they, uh, these mice become uh, younger again and they, you slow down all kinds of aging processes. And if you take uh, muscle biopsies of these mice, I show it a lot in my presentations when I give a, a lecture, um, you see that these muscles are rejuvenated. You can see it with your own eye. Uh, you, I see you don't have to be uh, a pathobiologist to see the difference that the, these mice, uh, the, their muscle uh, cells look younger. They are bigger, more plumpy. Um, and that's through epigenetic reprogramming. So there are now companies working on these technologies uh, to introduce these Yamanaka factors in, in our cells uh, to rejuvenate uh, cells. So one company is a Harvard spin-off that's looking into this is through David Sinclair who's doing a lot of research there uh, using a few Yamanaka factors for rejuvenation of the eye. Um, and there are other companies looking for Yamanaka factors for, uh, to introduce them in the knee, for example, to rejuvenate the knee cartilage. Uh, so these are a few examples uh, like TermBio or, uh, or other companies that are, are looking into these aspects. <clears throat> that's fascinating that we can really manipulate like that. I mean, I've not always, but for, for a few years, I've looked at, I've considered strength training doctor to be the ultimate kind of recycling process in the body because of the, the benefits of mechanotransduction to constantly, when you, when you strength train, is your, my understanding is you're constantly producing new cells. You're sending the signals to the new cells. Is that why exercise is so important in the aging process is that it's, it's signaling this kind of the cell production and the cell regeneration? I mean, I would imagine that kind of goes along with manipulating the epigen epigenome is that the body is always constantly looking to repair itself and looking to rebuild itself. 
Yeah, that, that's definitely right. So exercise ha has huge benefits on the aging process. Uh, it's, it's a powerful way, of course, to slow down aging. If you exercise, a lot of good things happen in the body uh, uh, and also bad things, but in, they are good things. It's called hormesis. Uh, so with exercise, you improve stem cell health, for example. You increase blood flow to the tissues, which is very important to deliver proper nutrients and, and other substances that can rejuvenate uh, uh, the, the, the stem cell milieu. Um, you uh, damage sometimes... Uh, or quite often, uh, if you exercise properly, you damage your muscle cells, but this damage uh, will um, uh, induce the cells to repair themselves better and to prepare them for the next bout of exercise that could damage them. So it's called hormesis. A little bit of damage can be healthy because this, this uh, stress that you uh, put on the cells through exercise, uh, in fact, will um, uh, activate all kinds of repair and protective mechanisms inside cells uh, muscle cells, but also stem cells that uh, help uh, the cells to protect themselves better against exercise the next time you exercise, but also against aging. Uh, so um, exercise has multiple benefits. Um, of course, that being said, I'm a big proponent of exercise and nutrition and supplements to slow down aging as much as possible. But even if you do all this perfectly, uh, you have like a super healthy lifestyle, uh, you won't live 250 or 200 years. Uh, for that, you need biotechnology like these Yamanaka factors to reverse the process. And, and I think it's likely we will go to a future where um, people will every five or 10 years get a treatment that re uh, rewinds the aging process uh, through Yamanaka factors or through uh, crosslink breakers that break these age-related crosslinks, uh, through substances uh, that uh, improve mitochondrial health, like even by infusing mitochondria into, into the body or infusing mitochondrial DNA that repairs the mitochondria, uh, through gene editing uh, that uh, give you genes that help uh, your cells to protect themselves better. Um, so anyway, th that's a future we are very likely going to. And and I'm also a partner of an investment fund, and we speak regularly to professors and, 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 uh, in, that, in that regard. And, and we will go to a future, very likely, where people will become much, much older, like 150, 200 years, but still look young. Uh, so it's not just about slowing down aging and becoming 150 years and sitting in a wheelchair for 50, 60 years. No, the idea is to uh, become uh, young, uh, rewind aging. And it's not that difficult, in fact, because nature is doing it the whole time. Uh, um, it's rewinding, uh, rewinding aging in a reproductive sense. Cells because that's the reason why babies are born young if every time. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, we see a lot of animals that become 200 or 400 years old. And uh, you have bowhead whales that become 200 years old or specific shark, sh sharks that can grow four or 500 years old. And uh, yeah, they, they look young still. And most importantly, I'm most interested in, in this approach as a medical doctor into uh, addressing aging because if you slow down and reverse aging, that's the best way to keep people healthy for the longest time. Because not only you would live much longer, you will stay healthier for much longer. If you slow down aging or partially reverse it, you substantially reduce your risk of heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's disease, osteoporosis, macular degeneration. So all these aging-related diseases are addressed at the same time because you address the root cause of all these diseases, which is aging. Uh, and uh, and that, that's uh, an interesting future we're heading to towards. Well, well thank you, because I was just going to ask you, how did you get started? How did you get started down the path of studying longevity? I mean, I, I think it's fascinating. And, and you referenced Dr. Sinclair. I think in his book, 
he, he refers to aging as, as a disease. Is that the way that the medical community is approaching aging? Is they're looking at it as, as a disease they're trying to treat and they're trying to solve? Uh, well, not enough yet. Uh, okay. So it's a paradigm shift that's happening, but it's happening too slow, in my opinion. So most medical doctors are uh, not trained in aging. Uh, not trained properly. Also, not in nutrition, by the way. I took uh, for for uh, my education to become a medical doctor in my country was seven years, and we had half an hour of those seven years was spent on nutrition. It's <laughs> absolutely insane. I mean, nutrition yeah. is so important to stay healthy. Every doctor should be a specialist in nutrition. In fact, the best doctors in the U.S. in Europe they are all specialized in nutrition and as a first patients and exercise and sleep optimization, stress reduction. We are not taught about that. But also equally worse or bad is as medical doctors, we are not taught about aging. Uh, we have uh, geriatrics, okay, but that's more tre- uh, learning how to treat the symptoms of aging, but n- not doing anything about the root cause of aging. And and uh, and we are not properly trained in, in what causes aging as a medical doctor. So that's a, and that's a very um, sad and unfortunate because most diseases we treat as a medical doctor are uh, the result of aging. Uh, so heart disease, Alzheimer's disease, Cancer, it's its mainly aging that causes these diseases. If you eat unhealthy, if you don't sleep enough, if you don't exercise enough, you accelerate the risk of these diseases. But in the end, everyone will sooner or later die of Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, cancer, or other aging-related diseases, because it's like a fundamental uh, reason why we age and, and die. Um, so yeah, we are not trained about it. So that's very uh, unfortunate. So I think most doctors uh, also consider aging and as an actual process. So they think that uh, aging is something different than heart disease or Alzheimer's disease. But uh, they call aging of the heart, they call it heart disease. Uh, aging of the brain, they call it Alzheimer's disease. Aging of the blood vessels, they call it, for example, hypertension or atherosclerosis. But aging of the whole body is certainly not a disease, which is a bit uh, weird, uh, if you ask me. Uh, if you ask me. So, um, so I think slowly but steadily, more and more doctors are realizing that the same processes that cause aging, like uh, like uh, mitochondrial dysfunction, epigenetic dysregulation, uh, protein accumulation, uh, the processes I mentioned. So they are really realizing more and more that the same processes that uh, cause aging also cause Alzheimer's disease, cause heart disease, uh, cause uh, osteoarthritis and osteoporosis. Um, so, but yeah, it's still, uh, we have a lot of work to do there to educate the medical community about, yeah, the importance of targeting aging as the best way to keep people healthy for as long as possible. And by that simultaneously addressing multiple aging related diseases uh, in one fell swoop. Um, so, yeah, and also the same for governments. Uh, governments consider aging as, a, as not a disease, as a normal process. Um, so that's very unfortunate. Um, and uh, they are underfunding uh, aging. Uh, and they, so they are spending billions of dollars trying to treat, uh, trying to find a cure for heart disease or Alzheimer's disease. And they hardly spe- spend any money on aging. And that's a bit not a good way to go about it, because um, even if you could cure all heart disease, right? so just uh, it's a little thought experiment. But just imagine I have a magic wand and I can. Uh, conjure up a treatment that cures all heart disease. So nobody would have a heart attack anymore or a stroke. Um, How much longer do you think that people would live on average if you could get rid of the most important cause of death, which is heart disease? Well, the the answer is uh, they calculated that 
it's not a lot. So if you could if you could cure all heart disease, people would live only about 2.8 years longer. Um, and that's not a lot uh, if you get rid of the most important cause of death in most uh, developed countries. So why is that number so low? Well, if, if people wouldn't die anymore of heart disease, they will die a few years later of another aging-related disease. They will die of Alzheimer's disease or aging-related kidney dysfunction or cancer and so on. Um, so therefore, uh, instead of spending billions of dollars trying to find uh, a cure or some medication for heart disease or Alzheimer's disease, we should better spend much more money on trying to slow down aging because that, that's the best way to substantially reduce your risk of heart disease and many other diseases at the same time. Yeah, I, I had never thought about that before, doctor, of where we study heart disease as a symptom of aging, but we don't put it all together in the process. And, and yeah, no, I'm, I'll be thinking about that because I think that, that's, a, that's a great point. Now, when you wrote what you wrote the longevity code, what what will readers get out of longe- the longevity code? Meaning, in the longevity code, what recommendations do you have for how people can extend their lifespan? Yeah, so the longevity code it's a bit a uh, 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 original book in the sense it's one of the very little or uh, few books that uh, talk both about lifestyle, especially nutrition to slow down aging, but also about biotechnology to slow down aging, uh, because I think all of them are, are important. Uh, so often you have books about uh, nutrition uh, to stay healthy, but they don't really mention biotech and vice versa. Um, so, the, But the main, um, uh, let's say, content of the longevity code uh, revolves about nutrition, uh, because uh, I am very interested uh, in, in nutrition to slow down aging. I also created a new scientific field around that. It's called uh, nutrigerontology, and it um, studies the aging process to uh, be able to give much better nutrition advice, because there is a lot of yeah, uh, nutrition advice out there, and a lot of these advice is like uh, not that good. It's very contradictory. For example, there are hundreds of different diets you can follow, high-protein diets, keto diets, uh, calorie restriction diets, etc., uh, etc. Et um, so Dukan diets, Atkins diets, paleo diets, and so on. Um, so it's very confusing to know what's the best diet on the long term because most diets, they look at short-term effects. Uh, they look at weight loss and improving insulin sensitivity or lowering your cholesterol. And that's all good and well on the short term, but what on the long term? Uh, so, and then we see that most diets, in fact, on the long term could actually accelerate aging. So I approach uh, diets and nutrition from a whole new angle. At least I did many years ago. Go. Um, and uh, yeah, to, to decide or to better discern uh, or assess what's the best food uh, pattern or diet uh, and the best supplements to live longer. Um, and it are not, uh, to give an example how insights into aging can much better help us to provide better long-term diet advice. Um, take, for example, uh, milk. Um, there is a lot of uh, misconceptions and confusion about milk. Uh, um, so you have people saying milk is healthy because it contains calcium and, and, and so on. And then you have people saying milk is not healthy and so on. But if you approach milk, for example, from uh, the aging perspective, from uh, biogerontological uh, insights, 
Um, we see that uh, milk contains all kinds of growth factors and other substances that activate all kinds of aging pathways, like mTOR, uh, IGF, uh, insulin-like growth factor, uh, insulin receptors. And um, milk strongly activates these uh, receptors, and these receptors are strong uh, aging pathways or inducers of aging. Uh, um, so also it makes sense because milk is made by nature uh, to make calves grow very fast. Uh, so it activates all kinds of growth pathways, but a lot of these growth pathways are also aging pathways. In the sense, if you activate those growth pathways, you also accelerate aging. Um, so this is one example how insights into uh, aging can yeah, better assess the, the long-term uh, risks or, or benefits of specific foods. And, and, and these eternal discussions often that you see about proponents and detractors of specific foods or, or diets. Um, and that's what longevity uh, code is about, about what's the best food uh, to live longer, uh, the best supplements to live longer, and, and also speak a bit about uh, the biotechnology to live longer, like epigenetic reprogramming or mitochondrial um, reprogramming and uh, other uh, interesting ways to uh, yeah, uh, help our species to break through our biological ceiling of 120 years of maximum lifespan we can achieve as a species, so very likely in the future, as I mentioned before, we will break through that ceiling and, and uh, yeah, we'll be able to attain much longer uh, healthy lifespans. Well, if we can live up to 150 years, I think a lot of us are going to be calling our retirement planners here in the next few minutes uh, because yeah, it'd be nice to live to 150, but you need to be able to afford it. Now, getting ready to, to wind down the conversation, doctor, in the work that you've done, what's been the biggest surprise? Like, What's been the one finding in the field of longevity that's caused you to really scratch your head that just kind of that that caught you by surprise that you that was was really uh, something that really just just and I'm gonna say caught you by surprise but if you have like one finding that really was that we should learn about that we might be able to apply in our lives what would that be yeah well I, I have a lot of them but I think the one big one is the notion uh, I alluded to before is that aging is a bit of a plastic process. Um, so you can reverse it partially. Uh, so previously it was only about slowing down aging, but uh, yeah, we have seen in recent studies that it's possible to reverse aging. And in fact, the information to stay young, it's still uh, encoded in our body. It's just not uh, read properly. And we have seen in all kinds of studies that it's possible, yeah, to... Um, uh, to let's say reprogram the body, to remember the body, help the body remember uh, again uh, about its younger situation and reprogramming the body to a younger state. Uh, one way is to epigenetic reprogramming, uh, where you, if you uh, change the epigenetic, uh, let's say, uh, patterns in the cells, you can rejuvenate these cells. Another way is through young blood, for example. We have, it's called heterochronic parabiosis. It's, it's a mouthful, but it means it, these are studies that showed that if you expose, for example, mice, old mice to young blood, they also rejuvenate again. Uh, and, and that's interesting because in young blood, there are specific substances that tell uh, our old, the old cells like, OK, uh, the, that can reprogram these old cells in a younger state. So it's, it's a dynamic equilibrium or uh, aging. So it's not a one way state. Um, it's possible. Uh, for ourselves to remember again what it was to be younger, to reprogram them again into a younger state, you only need to give these cells a nudge through epigenetic reprogramming or through exposing these cells to a healthy younger environment, like uh, through young blood or substances in young blood. Uh, a lot of uh, 
scientists are working on that. Um, we have seen recent trials, by the way, that showing that if you expose, uh, if you change the blood in, in, in old people with Alzheimer's disease, you can slow down Alzheimer's disease. So that's very interesting. Um, so yeah, that, that's an interesting insight that uh, you can uh, reprogram cells again into a younger state. Um, I think a second insight uh, would be, um, yeah, for example, that antioxidants don't slow down aging. I think uh, that's a big misconception and that, in fact, most supplements don't really slow down aging. And there are only a few that have a lot of science behind them that can really slow down aging, uh, like alpha-ketoglutarate, uh, uh, substances like fisetin, pterostilbene, microdose lithium, uh, glucosamine, which is used for joints, but has also shown to extend lifespan in different species and was associated with reduced mortality in humans. So, But these are often supplements most people don't associate with anti-aging. Uh, so uh, I think most anti-aging supplements contain antioxidants or uh, specific vitamins and minerals or herbs that unfortunately unfortunately don't slow down aging. Um, mm -hmm. So that's another uh, insight and that antioxidants can sometimes even accelerate aging because if you expose cells to a lot of antioxidants that you take through a pill, for example, uh, exogenous antioxidants, the cells will say, hmm, okay, there are enough antioxidants, so I don't have to uh, upregulate or produce my own antioxidant uh, enzymes. So you, the cells downregulate their own antioxidant enzymes, which is not a good thing because these antioxidant enzymes are much, much more powerful than uh, any antioxidants you would take by mouth. So that could explain why uh, a lot of studies show that some uh, antioxidants actually could accelerate aging, as, we also, uh, as I also explained in my book, for example. That, that's fascinating. And now you say that, and the question that comes to mind is, I see that I see reactive oxygen spe species, RLS, I see that kind of pop up quite a bit in terms of like high volume endurance athletes, because I know there's been some research doctor and I know, and I'll make the, make the acknowledgement that you're not a, an exercise scientist, you're more of a nutritionist and medical doctor. But I know there's been some look at ultra distance runners, and the fact that they age quicker could that be due to uh, rapid or yeah, was it re the reactive reactive oxygen species and the amount they produce from from high volume endurance training? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So, in fact, uh, often people look at ROS, uh, these reactive oxygen species, that uh, these are free radicals. You look at free radicals as a bad thing, but actually, it's not that simple. Um, so, the classic idea was that. Free radicals are bad and antioxidants are good because the antioxidants neutralize the free radicals, uh, like the reactive oxygen species. Uh, so it was a classic idea. And um, we age uh, because of these free radicals damaging the cells and antioxidants, they mop up these uh, free radicals and, and that's, that's that. Unfortunately, we have seen in studies that if you give a lot of antioxidants to animals or humans, they don't live longer. Sometimes you even accelerate aging through the mechanisms I, I just explained. Um, and we also see sometimes if you upregulate uh, the production of free radicals, in animals, they live longer, actually. Uh, or if you give like C. elegans, which is a widely used uh, model organism in aging research, if you give them uh, substances that uh, induce free radicals, like specific weed killers, uh, which are toxic, but if you give them a little bit of weed killer, like substances that 
upregulate the production or, or create a lot of free radicals in, in these, these animals or these organisms, they actually live longer. So uh, it's a bit contrary to what you would think. Yeah? You would think free radicals are bad, but if you induce free radical production in, in some animals or organisms, they actually live longer. And if you give antioxidants, they sometimes live shorter. So this is all very contradictory to, to the, this classic outdated idea uh, about antioxidants and free radicals. So exercise, in fact, creates a lot of free radicals in our cells because our cells have to work harder, uh, like our muscle cells and so on. And uh, through that process, they create more free radicals. And that's actually a good thing because these free radicals damage the cells a little bit. And the cells will say, oh, there are a lot of free radicals here. I will upregulate uh, my own antioxidant enzymes uh, to neutralize these free radicals. And uh, that way, you um, through that little bit of uh, damage and free radical uh, induction, you uh, induce the cells to better repair and protect themselves, which is which is the reason. It's one of the reasons why exercise is healthy. Now you can also overdo that, and if you like uh, these long endurance runners or these people that do like way too much, uh, yeah, very hard exercise, they create too much free radical damage and other damage. And that's perhaps not a good thing, but it's, it's difficult to really overdo it in the sense that if you exercise regularly, even daily, and, and you do it for one hour or a few hours and, uh, and you build it up gradually, if you first start to do this, there is no problem. But it's only like for these top athletes or people who do this, yeah, these marathons and so on, they perhaps damage their body too much. And uh, But most people don't have to worry about that. Well, doctor, I, I appreciate those insights. And uh... Dr. Verberg, uh, Verberg, the author of The Longevity Code. How can people get more information about the work you're doing and stay up to date on any new publications you might have coming out? Yeah, well, um, I, 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 they can read my book, The Longevity Code. Uh, I have a website. It's called uh, chrisverberg.com. Um, that I have some information too. Um, and in general, I think I, I would think, encourage everyone uh, to learn more about aging and how to slow down aging. Um, so in, in that regard, uh, there is also a website. Uh, in fact, there is, I'm also a co-founder of, of a specific uh, company. It's called novoslabs.com. Um, and it, will, it provides all kinds of specific substances to impact aging. The, we believe these substances are the best science-based substances to uh, slow down aging. But the website is also a content platform. So uh, I put there uh, a lot of content on how to slow down aging. So what's the best diet for longevity? Uh, what are the best supplements for longevity? Uh, what are the best treatments for your skin for uh, to slow down skin aging and so on? So the idea of that website is to yeah, be, be a platform for people to learn more about aging and, and to see how they can slow down the aging process uh, because that's uh, in the end the root cause of, of why we die aging and why we get all these diseases. And lifestyle is a great way to slow it down and we will go to a future where biotechnology will even further enable us to uh, healthy, uh, long lives. All right. Well, doctor, I really appreciate the work you're doing. I greatly appreciate your time. It was a pleasure to have this conversation with you. My pleasure. Thank you for the great questions. Now, admittedly, that may have been a little tough to understand in some parts because of his accent. I mean, in having the conversation, it was a little bit tough for me to really hear him and really understand what he was saying. I don't have the best hearing in the world. And with that accent, um, but this is such a fascinating topic. And Dr. Verberg is in line with Dr. David Sinclair. You heard us talk about that. And with the thought that we could live somewhere to be 125 to 150 years old. 
Is that something we'd want? Because think about that. I mean, we have to rethink about how we work, how we live, how we save for retirement, what retirement means. I mean, right now, the average lifespan in the United States is right about 77, 78 years old, give or take. So 150 years is double that. And what type of what type of life is that in our later years? Anyway, this is fascinating. And and I want to try to bring more of this to you about longevity and, and everything else because this is just such an important topic because we really are. I mean, the, the fascinating thing is we are in a new age because as you've heard me talk about in previous episodes, this is absolutely the first time we've ever had an aging population of people who've exercised their entire lifespan. People in their 60s and 70s who started exercising back in in the 1970s when it first became popular, when fitness first became popular, this is the first time that we've had people this fit this this late in life. And we can already see the changes it's having. I mean, I live in Southern California, as you know, and there are so many older adults who are active surfing, mountain biking, road cycling, triathlon, running, that it really, it's, it's redefining what we're doing and what it means to be quote-unquote old. And that's fascinating. And that's frankly the goal of this podcast is to help us all learn how to manage that process so that you understand that you you get a better idea of how you can use exercise to manage aging. Because this is, as you heard, I mean, we're, we are on the precipice of really some, some life-changing discovery. So, hey, with that, uh, I've been going through some life changes myself. I shared recently that I've started a new job. Um, as of December 2021, I am the new National Director of Fitness Education for EOS. EOS is a growing health club company with locations in Florida, Nevada, Utah, Southern California, where I am, and Arizona. It's a really interesting opportunity. EOS is a, I'm not, it is not a commercial for EOS, um, but EOS is what they call a high-value, low-price club where you pay for the amenities that you're going to use. It's a very interesting model. And I, and I like it because it, it's a relatively new company. They started up about five years ago, and it really is an opportunity to create a program almost from scratch. They have some stuff in place now. Um, they have about 60 clubs uh, in those markets I mentioned earlier. There are 60 clubs, and they have some very aggressive growth plans. And I'm reunited, reunited with some of the executive leadership team from previous places I've worked, so that's exciting. But all that to say that I am going to be focused on that for the very near, well, it's going to be my job, ideally. Um, so for the next few months, I'm going, to be, I'm, getting, going to be learning that, and I'm going to be trying to get these podcasts out as regular as I can. I have some great interviews coming up, some stuff, some folks I know you're going to love, um, but just want to kind of give you a heads up that if you don't see these drop every week, that I'm trying to put them out as frequently as I can um, in, in the face and the fact that I'm getting, in, you know, getting into a new job and a new role. And it's going to be really cool. If you live in one of the markets where EOS is, um, they have really good options for fitness, and, and it's a company I'm really excited. I wouldn't be working there if I truly didn't believe in what they're doing and the product they're putting together. So just so you know, that's kind of my focus for a little bit, and I am not a uh, spokesperson for the company. I'm just kind of let you – since you are my listener – I want to let you in on uh, what's going on. So if you see the schedule kind of get a little erratic, I drop I drop a podcast one week and go about maybe 10 days before I drop another one. That's why. Just trying to balance a lot of things and, and learning a whole new, uh, whole new opportunity. But it's going to be a fascinating one. So, hey, if you're still there, thank you so much for listening. You can reach out to me, Pete, at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. You can follow me, see videos I put up on All About Fitness Podcast. 
on both YouTube and Instagram. That's All About Fitness Podcast on both YouTube and Instagram. And hey, you can connect with me there. And as always, thanks for stopping by. And I do look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.